Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. Good morning, church. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I, uh, I love how God works in in unison, works in, in, in themes. And I was just listening to Pastor Melissa and Pastor Christian when they got up and they're sharing and like, oh, Lord, you just know when God's on it. You know, you're hearing the words, you're hearing the scriptures, and you just know, that's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, I don't know that one. You're just like, all right, God's on this. You know, God's on this. And and like Pastor Melissa said, hold your post and do not be moved. And I feel, um, you know, the word I have today um, is seek first the kingdom. And and it's such a foundational scripture. It's, it's not from Apostle Paul or James. It's from Jesus. It is from the word of God. It is the Lamb of God. It's his word. So firstly, I'd just like to say thank you for asking me to share around the world again today. It is a privilege and an honour. It's not something that I take lightly. Um, uh, a pastor that I listen to, uh, Pastor Shane Millard, says, a good message is never meant to be agreed with or disagreed with, but is meant to be wrestled with. And it should be provoking you into action, to digging into the word, seeking for yourself a deeper knowledge and revelation of our amazing Lord and King and what we've been called to do. The promises that are held in in his word, in in the Holy Bible. And um, I just say today, like, let's be like the church of Berea in Acts 17, where they said, it says, they received the word with all readiness and searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were true, whether they were so. So I just pray today that your heart is postured, ready to receive the word, and that it drives you deeper into the scriptures, and that you have a deeper revelation and a hunger to know him and know him intimately. So Christian Melissa asked me to share further around the message that I spoke on a couple of weeks, months ago. Who knows, time passes so quickly now that it just makes no sense, and I'm sure it was only Sunday two days ago. So I'm driving up again this morning, I'm like... It really doesn't feel like it was a week since I've been here already. So um, that day we were sharing around miracle stories. So uh, Russell, myself, and Lushi, and I love Russell, was sharing around like the day-to-day miracles, the little things that happen in our world that you just you take for granted and you don't, you don't, maybe you don't even notice them. It's like these little needs that we have, and God provides. It's like when you're when you're intimate with him, when you're close with him, he knows everything we need and he provides. And and I think sometimes we can get so complacent in what um, his goodness and 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 the things that happen because you're always walking in his blessing and in his favour that you miss some of the little miracles. Um, And Nushi and I both ended up on the same thing of that. The greatest miracle in our lives was a life transformed. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's now nearly eight years next month. It'll be eight years since I walked into C3 Noosa. And I was a very, very different, different person. And I thank the Lord that I have changed. <laughs> and, and you know what? It's not from Bible bashing. It's not from somebody telling me you have to do this and you have to do that. And this is the way we do it. And this is the law and this is the rules. It's from a relationship with him. And it's about wanting to please him and to love him and not grieve him and not hurt him, but do the things that he wants from us and asks of us so that we can, you know, establish his kingdom and move forward his kingdom here on earth. Like Christian was saying, 
if your salvation is just about you and getting to heaven, you've missed the whole point. You wow. really have missed the point. Wow. It's about working with your king, working with your Lord to establish his will, his plan, his purposes here and now. It's not about later when we get to heaven. That's the byproduct. That's the bonus. That's the, you know. The ultimate. You know, you go, you know, it's 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 the prize. Yeah. But then there's always there's also a great reward. Yeah. And what we do here in now determines the reward that we get when we're there. Because you, you can't be deceived in thinking that if you do nothing for the kingdom, that you will get the same reward <coughs> in heaven as somebody that spends their whole life dedicated to working out his plans and purposes. You'll make it there, yes, absolutely. But your reward in heaven will be very different. And I just want to challenge you today. Think about these things. Eternity is a really long time. And, and whether you just want to stand there and be a doorkeep or, or you could be more involved. So I, I'd like to be more involved. Like the doorkeeping in his house, is, it says in the scripture, it is awesome. But there is more awesomeness available to all of us. And so I'm totally off track, but that's okay. Okay. So what I was talking about that day of a life transformed is about are there areas of our life that are not surrendered to him? Are we all in or are we just partially in? Are we 99% in and we've got 1% of switch still in our life? Or are we all in? And um, if there's areas that aren't submitted to him, if there's areas that our priority in your life, above him, you're in idolatry. And nobody likes to hear that. Nobody likes to hear that. But he calls us to have him as first and foremost in our life. He is first, he is foremost, he is primary, he is priority number one. That's what he asks of us. And do you know what, we'll get honest in here. Take down the facades and the masks because they're a good hiding thing as well. And let's stop pretending and get real in here. Truthful, vulnerable. Who here is going through an absolute major, major battle in their life? Whether it be financial, relational. I am. I am. And I know that most people in here have got a battle that nobody knows about, that you're walking through and we're all pretending, life's good, she'll be right, it's all good, somebody's got it worse than me. But you know God cares about all of it? He cares about every single part of it. But he can't work in the parts of your life that you haven't submitted to him. If you've got a, a, a hold, a block, you're like, nah, Lord, we don't go there. We're not talking about this. We'll deal with this later. He can't work in that area of your life. And uh, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm, I'm one of those, Lord, all in. You have all access to the ugly, the, the not nice, the, the shameful, the past, all of it, Lord. Let's go there because do you know what? I'm only going to get better and grow more and be more Christ-like as um, Christmas sharing, like that that. Our giving and our generosity, a cheerful giver, is becoming more Christ-like. Yeah. You know, the whole purpose of, 
of our walk is to become more Christ-like, to be more like Christ in everything we do, yeah. in the way that we operate, in our motives, in our words, in our expressions. Everything that we are doing is meant to be glorifying God. Yeah. Yeah. And so even that we're, when we're in the midst of a valley, it's not always easy to choose God first. Yeah. It's not easy. It's not easy. When the enemy and the circumstances are coming against you, it's not easy. I'm not standing here saying it's easy. The Bible doesn't say it's easy. It doesn't say life is going to be easy. It says we're going to suffer persecution. It says we're going to suffer hardships. It says we're going to have sufferings. And, and I think here, like, like we're, we're um, praying for Afghanistan, we're collecting an offering for Afghanistan, we can't comprehend the persecution that these people are under. The people in the churches in Pakistan, the people in the churches in Afghanistan or China, we don't understand because we're here in a country where we're free. Yeah, we might get a, a bit of um, heckling, a little naysaying and the rest, but you know, like our lives are actually pretty safe here. Yeah. And we don't have a comprehension of that. We see about it on the news, we read about it, but few of us have ever experienced it. But his promise says he will never leave us, he will never forsake us, and he will never abandon us. When we say yes to Jesus, we're choosing him. We choose him above all else. Including our lives, not a one-time decision. It's a daily choosing. It's it's every day. We have to choose him every day. So back to the foundation of my my, my the scripture for today is seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. It's Matthew six thirty-three. And so I just want to break this down. Seek. It's very simple. Like, it's, it's a really short scripture, but there's so much gold in it. And to seek properly, to, inquire, uh, to seek by inquiring, to investigate, to reach a binding resolution, it's an action word. It's to search for, it's to pursue, it's to look for, it's to inquire. It's not passive and it's very intentional. Jeremiah 29, 13 says that when you seek me and find me, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. He promises that when we seek him with all our heart, he will be found by us. He isn't hard to find, but it is requiring consistency and persistence on our part. But also I was thinking about it, it's like, what is our motive of it? What is our motive of pursuing God? Is it to get from him? Is it so we can be blessed? Is it so we can live a favoured life? Or is it because we actually want intimacy with the one that created us, the one that designed us, the one that chose right here, right now for us to, to be in existence? And I was thinking about it, like, I'm sure everybody does have those friends or those family members that only ever contact you when they want something. They, you've got something they need, and that's the only time you hear from them. And I don't know about you, but when I have that, I'm not like, hmm, feels pretty stink. It feels really stink. That you don't actually want actually to 
interact with me and have intimacy with me and build a relationship with me. You just want what I've got. And I was just like, well, how does that feel to the Father? How does that feel to God when we only come seeking Him when we want something Very from Him instead of building that relationship with Him? That's good. Yeah. Everything that we have from Him flows from that relationship. The preceding passage to the Matthew 6.33 is where Jesus is telling them, don't worry about anything. He says, don't worry about what you eat, about what you wear, about what you drink, about your body, about what you put on your body. He says, even the birds of the air, they do not sow, they do not reap, they do not harvest, but your heavenly Father provides for them. And are we not of more value than the birds of the air. He knows everything we need. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely everything. Um, and sure, we've got the right to worry. We've got to worry. If we're not seeking God, then worry. It's going to be our default posture. Yeah. If God's not first and foremost in our world, worry is always going to be your default posture. Yeah. Yeah. And worry is actually unbelief because you're not trusting in his works. We're choosing something to align our thoughts and our beliefs in something other than God's work, other than his promise, other than his perfect work. And, um, you know, I'm not standing up here preaching at you. I'm, I'm preaching to myself too, so please hear me when I say it. So... Um, so seek first. First is straightforward. First is first before principle and the most important. God says to choose him first, not because he wants to control or dominate us. He's actually the furthest thing from that. And and speaking to the control freaks here, if I was God looking down on the way things are going, I don't know. I might want to just move a couple of chess pieces and move things around. But but he doesn't because he won't override our free will. Yeah. The way he designed things, he gave the earth to man to rule and, and have authority over and to work the land. He gave us dominion over the earth and he gave us free will. Yeah. He, he desperately wants us to be in relationship with him. He desperately wants us to desire him, to choose him, so much so that he sent his son Jesus to pay the price for us and as us so that the, the law no longer separated us from God. The only separation between us and God is now our choice. That's the only thing because Jesus tore the veil there is no longer any separation other than the separation we choose for ourselves. <coughs> choosing God first, choosing Jesus first means choosing Him first. Over family, over friends, over money, over jobs, over hobbies, over businesses, over everything. First is first. Like, it's first. It's pretty clear, and and it's easy to let other things come in and take priority and distract you and take you off course. And and I know I did it with my house, and it was a beautiful blessing from God, but it was a distraction at the same time. I allowed my thoughts and 
And I kept going, what color am I going to pick? And what am I going to do here? And it's like, no, no, hang on, back to where's it coming from? And what's the purpose of this house? This house that I was gifted from him is to glorify him. And so my house is an open house. I have people there week in, week out for prayer, for deliverance. It is his house where it has established his kingdom. And so I guess what, what does the kingdom of God look like? Does it seek first the kingdom of God? What does it look like? Firstly, a kingdom has a king. And I mean, you know, we're in the Commonwealth, so we're under a queen. So we understand that to a degree, but it's not the same as years gone by. When you're in a kingdom, the king, his desires, his rules, his laws, his ways, his everything is what you follow. Yeah. He wants to do this, you do that. He wants to do that, you do that. You don't get to choose. It's the king. And if you're, if you're lucky and you're under a really good king, he looks after you, he provides for you, he keeps you safe, he protects you from the enemy that tries to advance against you, he teaches you, he equips you. That's the kind of king we have, yeah. one that loves us, one that wants to provide for us, to protect us, to equip us, to train us, to teach us. Yeah. But he'll only do that if you let him because that free will still comes into it all. So I, I implore you to do a word study or a phrase study in the Bible, just kingdom of God. And there are multiple, multiple, multiple scriptures on it. And I just want to run through a couple. So Luke 17, 20 to 21. And this is Jesus. Once on being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus replies, the kingdom of God is not something that can be observed. Normal people say here it is or there it is because the kingdom of God is in your midst. Luke 11.20 says, but if I drive out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Mark 1.15, the time has come. The kingdom of God is near, uh, has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Mark 12, 28, but if the Spirit of God, but, but if it is by the Spirit of God that I drive out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Jesus is the kingdom of God. Holy Spirit is the kingdom of God. Let's just seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first Jesus. We're seeking first him. To, a, to partner with him, to establish his will here and now. Like we said before, it's not about your eternal salvation. That's awesome. That's the, the, the bonus prize. But it's establishing his will here and now and doing our part here and now. We're first called to believe and then to repent and be baptised and go. Like Pastor Christian said about the disciples, making disciples. We're charged with the exact same commission that the disciples were given. So in Mark, just before Jesus ascended to the right hand of the Father, he speaks to the disciples. In Mark 16, 15 to 18, he says to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptised will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. All these signs 
will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on the sick people and they will get well. These signs accompany those who believe. So my question today is, do you believe? What do you believe? Do you know God? Or do you know about God? Do you know his word? Is it written on your heart? Are you letting it transform you? Are you putting into practice his teachings and his word? And most importantly, are you walking in the power and the authority that has been given unto you? You're here this time in 2021 because God deemed this is the right time for you. Not 100 years ago, not 300 years ago, not 300 years in the future. Now is the right time for you. Right now is when he determined was the right time for you. Regardless of um, circumstances around your conception or your birth, you are not a mistake and God does not make mistakes. So knowing all of that, that he has placed you right here, right now, what are you doing with what he has given you? I just want to challenge us today. You know, we've, we've, most people have been in church a long time. You know, I'm saying I'm eight years in church, and it's like, what are we doing with what he has given us? So I ask, when was the last time you laid hands on the sick and saw them recover? Or even just laid hands on the sick? So I'm not negating the fact that sometimes we pray for people, we pray for people who are sick, and they don't get healed. But if that's where we stop, then the enemy's won. If we stop praying, if we stop stepping out where God calls us to, the outcome is not ours. We're not responsible for the outcome. We're responsible for obedience. We're responsible for when he says, do this, we do it. What happens after that isn't on us. I can't heal anyone. Christian can't heal anyone. Can't save anyone. Melissa can't save anyone. Only Holy Spirit can. But we can be obedient in what we do. When was the last time you cast out demons from your sister or your brother in Christ? Because it says that these signs will accompany all who believe. Not pastors. It's not the pastor's job. If you're a believer, you have been equipped to do this. You have the power, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is in you. You have the same power, authority, and ability to do it. It's whether we choose to. Are we choosing to partner with God to establish his kingdom here and now? Are we loving each other enough to step out in fear? Not, not knowing. You know, you know, I might pray for someone and they don't get healed. But what if I pray for them and they do get healed? What if that? What if? The biggest weapon the enemy uses against us is what if? If I pray that what if it doesn't get, what if this doesn't happen? What if it does? What if it does? Christians shared it a few times about, is it Mishka down in Melbourne? Misha. Yeah. Bedridden for years. 
steps out in faith, prays for her, and, and is living a full life. Like, the outcomes aren't on us. It's all on us to be obedient. But if we're not partnering with God, he can't move in the way that he'd like to either. Yes, he can move sovereignly. I'm not denying his sovereign will and his sovereign reign. He can do all things, but he chooses to use us. We are to be his hands and feet. We are the ones that are meant to step out in our power, in our authority, in Christ, and pray for our loved ones. How many of our friends and family are suffering because we're too scared to step out? I just want to challenge us today. I really do. Because we need to stand our post. We need to stand firm. We need to stand on the word of God that says that you have the same power in you. If you've been baptised in the Holy Spirit, you have the exact same power in you to do it. Okay, if you don't know what to do, that's okay. We can go, I don't know what to do. Can somebody help me, equip me? We'll run courses, we'll do these things, but you've got to be hungry. You've got to be willing. It's scary. And, and I know that fear comes off. I know. When I step out, do it afraid. Do I just do it afraid. Because what if they say this? What if that happens? What if they think I'm a weirdo? What if it's, it's the enemy? What if, what if, what if? So, all of that. When is enough enough? When, when is enough enough that the enemy's had a reign, he's had his field day, he's, he's kept us small, he's kept us contained, he's kept us quiet. When is enough enough? When is it that we stand up, arise and shine for the light your life's come? But when are we going to stand up, rise up, accept the identity that we've been given and go, enough, 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 enough. We've got a job to do here. We are the church. We are the bride of Christ. We have a job to do, all of us, all of us. And, and here I'm saying, love, he loves us so much. He loves you all so much. He, he only wants the best for us. But when we're not submitted to him, when we, we keep ourselves contained, when we stay in that place of fear, we're limiting ourselves. We're living, we're living a limited life. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. For more life-changing messages, visit us online at c3noosa.org. If you've been blessed by this message, please consider partnering with us financially to see the work of God continue flourishing in and through C3 Church Noosa. God bless.